Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and we have questions about heaven. Once again, we talk about things that really help encourage the Christian, get answers for the uh, many questions that come up to the Christian. And what does the Bible say about heaven, about the end times, about revelation, about Jesus' prophecies of heaven, all of those things. And we try our best to go into the scripture and get you answers that will really help you out. I appreciate the fact that you're here. And uh, let's go right to the questions that we have that have been answered uh, by the scriptures. And I want to bring them out as we see them. A couple of questions that came uh, across my desk, and I want to answer those before we move on to the main subject today. And one of the ones that came across was, well, since we're talking about heaven, the Christian wrote, I happen to know people that will go to fortune telling, will go to seances. Are those really bad? After all, we're talking about the afterlife. Does the Bible say anything about fortune tellers, mediums? And so let's go right to the scripture about that. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 says, There is only one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. To have any other intermediary, which you would call a medium because they're saying they are the one between you and eternity, now, that's absolutely wrong. The Bible's very clear on that. Besides the First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 teaching, we also have scriptures that lay it out very carefully in Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 10. It is very clear. It says that there should not be found within Israel anyone who practices divination, and that's the term for uh, the working of spirits, the going into the other world, the uh, out of the body and out of the human existence in trying to talk with the next life, not to be found, Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 10. As a matter of fact, if you want to make a comparison, the prophet Samuel himself says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, that you could liken uh, direct rebellion against God to idolatry and witchcraft, to take divination and to uh, equate it to rebellion against God is a very serious charge. And so 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, lays that out as well. As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians, Second uh, uh, Kings, I'm sorry, 2 Kings chapter 17 and verse 17, 2 Kings 17 and verse 17, tells you specifically that this was one of the reasons when Israel started delving into the divination into this type of practice. It's one of the reasons why Israel fell. You're going to see that as Paul was approached by somebody within the uh, the realm of mediums, a slave girl who had been able to tell fortunes in Acts chapter 16 was approaching them, and Paul had rebuked that spirit. So whether or not they had a touch into the afterlife or not, this is not allowed by God. God is very much against it. Now, I want to go to something else, which was also brought up in the comment section as I had taught and uh, talked on TikTok and the social medium in which I've been able to reach. Uh, just amazing. As of this time here, uh, June 10th, 2022, 
we have cleared 111,000 followers in this ministry alone. And one of the questions that came up in the comments was a respectful one. Nevertheless, somebody was asking on this, uh, which is a very serious point. They said, how does this all, with uh, the afterlife and talking with uh, Christ and God in heaven and having eternal life, how does this fit into the scheme of reincarnation? What's the Bible say about reincarnation? Well, reincarnation is not a part of the scripture at all. Reincarnation has nothing to do with the Christian life. It says specifically in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, specifically, that man is appointed once to die, and after this, the judgment. So you don't get another round on this. You don't get a do-over. If you are a follower of Christ and you are a, a believer of the scriptures, it says very clearly that there is one life to live, and then after this, the judgment. The judgment for people comes in uh, Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, and that's what's known as the great white throne judgment, in which the decision will be made based upon the actions, the acceptance or rejection of Jesus Christ the Savior. That will be the eternal destination of people. There is no other do-over. It is appointed man once to die, and after this, the judgment. And with the results of Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11 through 15, verses 11 through 15, then there will be the eternal destination of that person. Now, the judgments uh, on the uh, uns, uh, or, or the saved, the Christian, will then go into a delightful type of judgment, which also uh, backs up this, and that's the reward seat. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 talks about the rewards being given to the Christian based upon his or her service for the Lord, the one time, not the many lives, just the one time, and the reward on that one life, all right? And it talks about in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12, Jesus says, I will come back bringing my reward with me to give to each one on how they have served in this life. Singular, you have one life that you will live for the Lord. It's like uh, the one short poem that was given to me at a Christian conference. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Now, that's not a Bible verse, but that's a very good statement on this. You have one life. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Rahab, Joshua, all of these residents of heaven had one life and made a decision. Isaiah chapter 11 gives you a hero's hall of faith of those who followed Yahweh, who believed in the coming Messiah, and because of that one decision in that one life, they are now in heaven. So I hope that that answers it once again. The key text on that is Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, and that would totally destroy any idea of a reincarnation. You are appointed once to die, and after this, the judgment. Now, here's the main uh, point that I wanted to bring up in our podcast today, and that comes to one of the most delightful passages that can come to a believer and in the joy of heaven. Now, there have been people asking me about crowns in heaven. I'm going to key in on one, and I don't think it comes out as a physical crown that is uh, bringing, you, you know, that is uh, when it's all talking about the different crowns that come up. This one is more of an honor, 
And whether or not we want to get deep into the weeds about, well, is this a crown you can handle? Let me explain it and bring you a delightful truth here. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19, Paul brings up a rhetorical question to the church, to the hardworking and often persecuted church in Thessalonica. And as he's talking with him and telling many things, he says, well, who is our hope or our crown, our joy, our crown of rejoicing, or one translation says exaltation, and it really means boasting. Okay, so it says, who is the reason we boast? Not what, it's, it's who is the reason for us to be proud in heaven. Now, we know under Jesus Christ, we rejoice because of him, but it brings you a very, very powerful truth here, because Paul answers it in the same verse. You, in the presence of Jesus, are the reason we rejoice, we boast. Do you get this? The crown of rejoicing, the crown of boasting, is the people that you have been able to lead to salvation. Now, you may have been witnessing to a co-worker or a neighbor for years, and they made no result in your presence, but that doesn't mean you haven't planted seeds. You may have had a 10-minute talk or a 10-day talk or a 10-year talk with somebody, and they'll constantly push it away. But see, it's not for you to see the results. The Bible tells us that Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And it's up to God as you have been faithfully planting seeds. It's like one deacon told me decades back, whenever I was uh, in the youth pastorate in uh, East Tennessee in the Knoxville area, and one of the deacons said, Brad, an elderly man just told me, Brad, keep planting seeds. You're planting seeds. Just keep planting seeds. And that was very encouraging because I didn't know of the ones who might come to the salvation in Jesus Christ. All I can know is I had to introduce them into that. And maybe in eternity I will know of teens that had rejected and walked away from the Lord, but in my presence, but through the years, had come back and made a decision for Christ. And the rejoicing is I get to see them when we get to celebrate together in heaven. It's like I, I told people in an earlier class, it's kind of like when you're on a caravan to an amusement park. You get there and it's your destination. You're ready for a day of excitement, but one car is lagging behind and you're not at ease until that final car of your caravan of friends or family all gets together there and it's rejoicing because you're all together to celebrate. And it's like when we get to heaven, it would be wonderful and the joys there and being with Jesus and under the comfort of Yahweh the Father. But to turn around and see coming through the portals of heaven, one that you've been witnessing to, and greater is the joy. That's a crown of rejoicing. You're rejoicing because they're there and we can celebrate together. Like Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, they're rejoicing together, the nations and cultures, people groups, races, all together and rejoicing. That is a powerful verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 19. You are there. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 14 also bolsters that as well, because Paul says, you are our reason to be proud in the day of the Lord Jesus. You are the reason we are proud. We're so excited. Your responsible decision to become a Christian and join the family of God Boy, what a powerful, powerful crown that we can receive here. We just see the rewards are being given, as Jesus says, I will 
be coming and bringing thy rewards, Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12. And I can't help but think among those rewards is the reward of knowing that I have a new brother or sister in Christ, and I had a little bit, a, a, a part of them making a decision for that. And so I want to encourage you today, you're witnessing and people aren't making responses that you see. That's okay, that's okay, but just keep planting those seeds. Now, if you're able to keep uh, witnessing and they make a decision in your presence, that's even better. But don't lose hope. Let's just keep working toward that crown of rejoicing, that great joy of seeing new people coming in. Just keep building our family, the family of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much. This is Brad. going to get going here. We'll handle some more of our Revelation study in our future podcast. But I thought that this might be an important thing to answer along with these other uh, questions about heaven. Thank you so much. God bless you. And Lord willing, we will talk very, very soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.